Hello friends, Michael Greywolf here. Just wanted to see how everyone is doing in this time of uncertainty. Today's episode is a little bit longer than what we have been doing lately. The first about 30 minutes of the show, we are catching up and kind of venting about the COVID-19 pandemic that is going on. We hope that you will take your time and listen to that first 30 minutes because maybe you're going through the same thing, maybe not, but it is something that affects us all. It is a shared experience, it is shared trauma, and like it or not, we will have to find a way to grow from this. We hope you enjoy this episode, and now on to the show. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Walking the Unnamed Past. We are a podcast dedicated to expanding on the teachings and techniques given to us by the ancestors of men who love men, and laid out by our late brother and founder, Hyperion. We also discuss topics and ideas pertaining to queer pagan men and the greater queer community. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chase Powers, and joining me tonight is my fabulous co-conspirators and co-hosts, Chris Ripple and Michael Greywolf. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe to stay up to date on your preferred platform so you know whenever we put out a new episode. And how are you guys doing? <laughs> mm. You you go first, Chris. <laughs> well, I am currently living in the epicenter of COVID-19. <laughs> As you all know, I live in New York, and I work in the health field. So, yeah, it's been a little crazy. I've been doing a lot more working. Like Lots of our staff have been calling out sick. So um, I've been doing more OT or overtime. Yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. New York has been blowing up in many different ways. I think I've been hearing a lot of people. I guess just generally struggling, struggling to be in quarantine, uh, struggling to stay in quarantine. I'm not sure some of the news, but those uh, a lot of New Yorkers been under the lens about like not keeping quarantine. <laughs> Yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy here. I don't know how, how it's been for each of you where you are as far as COVID's concerned. But um yeah, I I think I'm just kind of like uh I've personally been obviously been really like tired and you know, even though I I've been sleeping well in between shifts, I think this general fatigue is kind of uh been part of the reality and also I don't know, just like this kind of, I've been kind of struggling with a sense of dread that like, um, I'm, you know, just like that moment when I'm going to hear that someone that I knew personally is on the list of people that were taken by COVID, you know? And uh, I mean, obviously nobody wants that, but I I feel like it's kind of a matter of time. Like, uh, you know, I live here in Queens and one of our local hospitals is Elmhurst Hospital in Queens. And uh, it's become like a COVID-19 like center. So obviously a lot of COVID cases are going there. With that comes lots of struggles. Like just the other day, they had, um, I think they reached 100 people that, that died from COVID in, in that one day, you know? So yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else to say. I, I guess I've just been trying to, you know, stay informed but optimistic but um yeah it's been it's kind of tough you know to stay that way (laughs) 
I don't know. There's also um, it, it's been tough. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. It's been tough. Um, yeah, I, I think you know what's also been strangely tough is actually uh, you know a lot of my friends and family have been reaching out to me and checking in um, and uh, you know just checking in to. Um, like to thank me for what I'm doing, but also to be expressing concerns. And you know, don't get me wrong; that's it's it's appreciated, right? And I, um, but it's it's been strange to be in that scenario where uh, I don't know. It's almost um, it's become difficult to respond to people. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's uh, that, that continual uh, to receive so much sympathy has been strangely uh, difficult. Yeah, I'm also just kind of like um, I don't know. I mean, I I I you know I am a nurse as as all of you know, and I am working, and yes, I'm an essential worker, and I am like on the front lines. But it's and we do. Um, we are impacted by uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, but it's, um, I don't know, part of me, uh, I don't know, I, I just become a little, mm, a little wary about taking the spotlight away from folks that are, I don't know, that, that are really working, like, I guess in the deeper front lines, you know, or the front lines of the front lines. Yeah, I was talking with my roommate about it. I'm trying to figure out what it is. But I wonder if it's just the sense of either just fatigue around that too, or is it is it almost like um, almost like a guilt or something? You know, like almost like um, I don't know. Yeah, that's something I've personally been like struggling with a little bit. I don't know. How have you two been doing as far as health and everything? Staying safe, I hope. Yeah. Well. You know, uh, I'm also considered an essential worker, or mm -hmm. my job is considered essential. I work retail. Uh, I sell pet pet food, which is surprisingly an essential commodity. Of course, so, yeah. Yeah. And so I've been going to work every day and whatnot, and it's just, it's been frustrating because our corporate office hasn't been very forthcoming with a lot of information. They're just saying, you know, wipe everything down every hour, not giving us directions on, like, limit how many people are in the store and right. or make sure people are keeping, you know, six feet apart. We're having to get all this information from our local areas like Dallas County. We had someone from uh, Code Compliance come by the store the other day. They wanted us to post this pamphlet up on our windows. Basically, it is the whole, like, what's the word I'm looking for, the order from the judge on maintaining, you know, six feet apart and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like, I and I found out on Sunday that Last week, two of our stores were closed because of possible uh, COVID-19 um, uh, exposure. Mm. 
And I only I found that out from our delivery driver. Corporate office told no one. Mm. So we're all like, well, we feel very valued by our corporate office. Mm. But yeah, uh, just and besides, you know, having to go into work, um, I, you know, I haven't been able to see my parents for almost a month now. Right. Uh, My dad's heart heart patient. Um, He's, you know, very susceptible to anything. Um, So not been able to see him and (sighs) just, you know, when we went into the uh, shelter at home towards the beginning of the month, it, I did not think it would have, would hit me, would not hit me, it would affect me so badly, but it did. I yes. am a very, I'm a very social person. And so having to stay home, having there being nothing to go to, nothing to do has like really <laughs> had an effect on my uh, mental state. But I, I was telling um, some of our other brothers, you know, I lost my routine and I've been struggling with that and trying to form a new routine has been difficult for me. Mm. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Other than that, you know, healthy, well, as healthy as can be and, you know, trying to do what I can to not catch uh, COVID-19 and spread it to my brother who I live with. Right. Yeah, not seeing parents has been like, you know, honestly, you know, I I, I have been uh, seeing my mom. So, you know, you guys know that, like, my dad passed away, mm-hmm. like, in November, and then my mom is now living alone, you know. And unfortunately, uh, due to stupidity, <laughs> ignorance, uh, and really just emboldened racism. A lot of Asian folks around the world uh, have been like targeted and scapegoated uh, for for the coronavirus, for COVID-19, or as a illustrious president likes to call it, the China virus. Mm. So like, um, you know, I mean, it, uh, I mean, my mom being a woman or femme presenting and being uh, a senior citizen, like um, an older person already makes her a target, you know, for crime. But then I, I think I, I've been like extra worried because of the whole racial component, too, that's been like, like um, emblazoned, you know. But uh, I, you know, I was supposed to visit her today, uh, but I I I don't know. I, I I'm starting to think about uh the possibility of like not, right? Not actually physically visiting visiting her in order to protect her, but then you know, of course that leaves me worried, right? Because uh that sh- she's so isolated and you know, I mean getting her supplies sure no problem. It's like there are ways to do it, but I think as you mentioned Michael, it's not really like a lot of this isolation is such a um, inhuman thing, right? It's so it's so human to be social, e- even for folks that are like introverts, like myself. You know, it's it's weird not to have that interaction as an option, and it's like it could be daunting and even unhealthy, right? 
So yeah, that's interesting. How about you, Chase? I, I think you're still working yeah. out too, right? I am. Are you still breathing? Uh, I can't tell because of Michael. <laughs> Um, yeah, so <clears throat> things here have been pretty chaotic. Um, our The governor of Oregon has issued a shelter in place, although it's not being labeled as such currently. However, it does sound like there is significant chance that it may be increased sometime in the near future because Oregonians just don't seem to want to listen. <laughs> In eastern Oregon, uh, especially, apparently there's been a lot of um, satellite imagery that's been showing um, the same, if not increased, amount of movement, shall we say, where a lot of the people in the bigger cities like Portland have more or less all shut down, like there's no traffic. Normally it takes me anywhere from between 45 minutes, um, you know, any somewhere between 20 to 45 minutes to get to work if I have to drive. Um, because of traffic from where I live, but it takes me about 10 minutes currently to get mm-hmm. back and forth to work if I have to drive into work. So, you know, all the bars and restaurants are shut down with the exception of delivery or takeout. You know, they've even implemented because Oregon is a legal marijuana state. They have even begun to implement curbside delivery or at-home delivery. Mm for marijuana products just so that people aren't coming to stores. The the local grocery store has not implemented a only so many people may be inside the store station, mainly because we're on the out kind of on the outskirts of Portland itself. However, they have implemented um they have uh plexiglass shields for the cashiers and they have um put sticker down on the floor basically for um, marking out six foot spaces to have to stand. Yes. Yeah. That's smart. You know, um, I am currently telecommuting. Um, I'm essentially the backup person for if one of the other two people who are working um, on site uh, call out sick, um, which I actually had to go in to work on Monday. Although not for, you know, no one came down with anything when someone injured themselves. Um, But, you know, it's just been, there's been a lot of uncertainty. There's been a lot of nervousness. I am something of an introvert myself. So a lot of this, uh, as well as being kind of a germaphobe. So a lot of the things that we're having to do now or that the general public is having to do now are things that I sort of already do in public. Like I'm not a big fan of people touching me or breathing my air or being inside of my, you know, little bubble. I am much like my mom, kind of a compulsive hand washer and a hand sanitizer user, you know? So all of this, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty much what I do already anyway. So, you know, wiping everything down with Clorox wipes all the time, et cetera, et cetera. I have also been getting to learn what it's like to date in these time of COVID-19, which has been kind of a trip. I went from having no boyfriends to having two boyfriends. So that's been interesting. Um, Luckily, one of them 
uh, I already live with. Uh, however, what sucks is that the other one lives in Vancouver, Washington, across the river, and so we don't get to spend as much time together as we used to. And now we basically just do a lot of FaceTime and, you know, Google or Google or Facebook uh, video chats. Mm -hmm. So I will say that for all the older generations have been bemoaning how social media and technology was separating people and preventing people from connecting. It's been really useful to be able to sit down and just have video chats with my loved ones. You know, I can FaceTime with my parents. Um, you know, my family all lives back in Texas. So on one hand, I worry for them. And on the other hand, unlike you guys, I live 2,000 miles away from my family. So the, you know, distance or the enforcement of not being able to visit them isn't really as, how to put... Um, isn't as immediate for me because I already haven't seen them since June of last year. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, we just do a lot of texting and I, you know, make phone calls to my mom every couple of days. Um, and that's pretty much how that's been going. So, you know, otherwise yeah. for me, it's kind of, for me, it's been kind of business as usual other than trying to, <laughs> figure out where the hell to get a goddamn roll of toilet paper um, because <laughs> the people here have also lost their fucking minds and bought all of the toilet paper. I've had to explain to a few people why we're seeing supply gaps in certain things because, you know, manufacturing in China shut down for a fucking month. So we're seeing about a month to a month and a half gap in supply build and shipment that there's no way to make that up. We're just going to have that gap th until everything starts being shipped over normally. And, you know, given our uh, fearless tangerine leaders handling of things thus far, who knows when that's all going to get set back up properly. Oh, by Easter. I'm, I'm pretty sure he said by Easter. Bullshit. I still, you know, I still personally believe that he indeed did test positive because mm -hmm. the the whole thing about offering the, the what was it, the German um, bioengineering company had money to come to the States so that he could have exclusive rights to whatever vaccine they came up with, like... Okay. The fact that he went from being very uh, blusterous as he is normally to suddenly being like, oh, yeah, this is a big deal. We're going to declare an emergency. Like, hmm. Interesting. Suddenly this got very real for you. I wonder why. Mm hmm. Because, like most Republicans, it doesn't affect he doesn't care about it until it affects him personally. So. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. We can only hope he is in his seventies <laughs> after all. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, 
I would never wish that upon anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that this whole uh, pandemic has made shocking is that how many stu- like really stupid people there are who just don't want to do what they need to in order to make sure we flatten that damn curve. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. Girl, I was reading about how bad it's gotten apparently in Austin even and then literally the day that things were announced for there to be a shelter in place in Austin there were a bunch of dumbass white people going down to Barton uh, Barton Springs and I'm like oh my god what is wrong with people what What the hell is wrong with you people (laughs) Jesus or the what the 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 government leader of Belgium announced that like effective immediately no gatherings of more than ten people were going to be allowed because apparently there had been over the weekend or sometime in the near in the recent recent past uh, a five hundred person party that turned essentially into a big orgy where 380 cases of COVID-19 came out of. Oh, my God. And I'm just like, you know what? At this point, I feel like if you did something stupid, like you get put on the lowest list of people who get ventilators. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. Like, if you did something dumb, it's your own goddamn fault. I know that the I know that the medical field doesn't work that way. I understand. I'm just saying I feel like for example, you know, the <laughs> dude that licked the toilet seat because oh, I don't care about COVID-19 who then gets COVID-19, although prove although, you know, not provable that it came from the toilet seat, like you did something dumb and now there are consequences. Like, sorry uh. about your luck. Hope your immune system's good. Have a nice day. God, don't talk. Please. People licking stuff is, oh, my God. The the woman who went through and, like, videotaped herself licking stuff in a grocery store or some sort of department store saying, like, who's afraid of COVID-19? Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And someone who, you know. licking the fucking ice cream. There was someone in, um, where was it? It was uh, Missouri who purposefully, like, sneezed on, like, stuff or, like, it it was a prank or something. She didn't really have uh, COVID-19, but because of all this going on, like, the grocery store, it was not like a chain grocery store. It was like a mom-and-pop grocery store. They had to dispose of over $3,000 worth of, like, produce and whatnot to sanitize the space. Uh, Now, I'm not going to lie. I have totally tempted a couple of times now when I've gotten behind somebody that that I was listening to, you know, start to make, I don't know, let's say racist commentary about the you know, virus, calling it whatever various slurs for Asian people you'd like to use. I've had serious thoughts about just, you know, fake sneezing behind them. 
But also, I'm not a completely terrible person. So, <laughs> you know. That's debatable, Chase. <laughs> I'm not completely terrible, just a little terrible. Come on now. Yeah. Look, if I make a racist have a heart attack because they think I'm going to give them COVID-19, really, that's a win for everyone. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Work with me here. I mean, except for perhaps, I don't know, the nurse that has to, you know, sedate the person to keep them from flipping out, I guess. (laughs) Well, I can assure you, I mean, obviously, I don't speak for the whole medical community, but... We're definitely all thinking that you're a fucking dumbass for licking the toilet and coming mm-hmm. in. <laughs> so I, I could be very clear in stating that, oh, yes, yes, we are required to, you know, not let you die. But <laughs> we that doesn't there are no rules about us judging you, you know. <laughs> I have to keep you alive. I don't have to be nice about it. Mm-mm. Or <laughs> not eye roll, you know. Oh, I'm so sorry. It looks like I'm so sorry that that. Let me try. Let me try to find that vein again. It looks like the needle flipped. Deep <laughs> breath now. <laughs> yeah. For for our, for our listeners, just you know, as an FYI, I am not a nurse, and there's <laughs> a good reason why I'm not a nurse because I am a vindictive asshole. <laughs> Therefore, I am not well out to serve in the healthcare facilities. It would be a bad plan for everyone. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, joking aside, please stay at home, everyone. Seriously, it's um, yeah. And you know, and unfortunately, like uh, I also, um, I, I mean, I spoke about the deaths in 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 my hometown, my, my home city. But I also had a friend uh, recently uh, who experienced two deaths in their family. And it was actually, uh, unfortunately it was like a homicide in regards to like a domestic violence or an intimate violence, partner violence um, Mm. situation. So every time I think of, I say, Hey, stay home. Right. That's the safest thing to do. it, It always, rings in my head that oh you know for a lot of people that's not true you know so i I, maybe i want to rephrase and be like listen if if it's if it's safe i mean honestly i've my my sympathy for people saying oh my god i'm going crazy at home alone has really dwindled down to like negative at this point you know i mean people that are like having struggles i get it it's not easy i'm struggling too but obviously if you're not safe at home Honestly, I don't have a good solution. You know, I just think about, I'm just trying to be mindful about it. And obviously we have to protect ourselves, you know, but yeah, let's take care of ourselves. Let's take care of each other. And us, if you're able to safely stay at home, please do, you know, because that's, that's how pandemics work. You know, it's our best option because right now the medical community in all of your neighborhoods are doing the best that they can. I, I, I'm sure, but it, we are ill-prepared, you know? There's no other way to say it. So, yes, please stay at home. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if anyone's ever started – I'm not sure if any, anyone's started doing it yet, but, you know, if 
if that flat if that curve doesn't get flattened, then we're going to be seeing cases of like people sharing ventilators, right? Which is not great, not great at all. Mm-mm. But it might come to that, right? It's either share share ventilators, which means sharing germy air, or die, right? So yeah, let's not. I would rather not. <laughs> Uh, so please do stay at home. And also, if you have capacity, if you have safety, then let's think about the vulnerable people in our communities. Keep an eye out for that senior that lives alone and make sure that, I don't know, you know, grab them a, grab them a bag of oranges and some, some soap, uh, some supplies. If you know them, please check in with them to make sure that they're okay. Yep. I mean, the closest that I've lived through this, something like this before was living in Houston following hurricane Ike several years ago. That was very much this sort of, you know, same, same kind of thing in terms of basically you have to shelter in place, you know, nobody can go to work. Everything is shut down. Huge sections of the city were just without power because it was extremely damaging. That particular hurricane was just extremely damaging. And then you you took care of your neighbors. Everybody took care of all of their neighbors so that, you know, if, if somebody had, you know, for example, because nobody had any power, everybody's refrigeration was starting to fail. So, you know, people who had things like either a gas stove or they had camping equipment, you know, everybody would come around and you would cook all of the food and then everybody would just have a big camp out and everybody would be able to eat. And people would organize things to be able to go pick up supplies from grocery stores when grocery stores got power back or, you know, for the whole neighborhood so that the streets weren't being flooded with people. It was only, you know, one or two vehicles from, say, an apartment complex going to a grocery store. Hmm. So just try to take care of your neighbors while being safe yourself. Right. And Mm -hmm. don't buy up 300 gajillion rolls of toilet paper and don't buy stupid shit and, you know, make sure that the people around you are taken care of instead of worrying necessarily only about yourself and basically saying, fuck everybody else. That's not helpful. Yep. And honestly, like, you know, we joke about stupidity, but, we're smart enough to do this. You, we, we're creative enough. Find creative ways to t- take care of yourself, to stay safe, and to still be human about it. You know what I mean? And communal. Mm-hmm. Maintain that communal viewpoint is not something that we have to lose during a pandemic. If anything, it's, it could get stronger, but still maintaining safety for the individual as well. You know? And for the love of God, gays, stop hooking up off the apps. Jesus fucking Christ on a cracker, people. We are in the middle of an extremely contagious pandemic. Please keep your dick in your pants, learn the fine art of masturbation, and stay the fuck home. Yep. (laughs) For fuck's sake. (laughs) Ugh. Nobody's that got like seriously though, nobody's that horny. Nobody's that horny. If you think you're that horny, you need what you need is therapy, not sex. 
you know, while we're on the topic, uh, I did plug it on my Facebook channel, but Pornhub, uh, not only did they donate a whole lot of masks, which was very appreciated, but if you aren't aware, Pornhub is offering free, like indefinite for now, free premium membership to their website. Uh, and for folks that are making videos, I think they're actually doing something where they don't take as much of a cut or so. I mean, I didn't, I don't make videos, so I, I didn't look so much into that. So if you're in mm-hmm. the industry, then look into that, mm-hmm. obviously. But uh, if you're just a consumer, have at it. There's really, it's completely free premium membership just to assist with the efforts of you staying home. <laughs> <clears throat> Me thinks so, the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> yeah find a new hobby find a new kink while you're at it you know <laughs> you never know but real talk <laughs> oh. but real talk I, I actually did <laughs> oh alright <laughs> well, care to share Michael much, not so much a new kink it's one that I've been wanting to experiment with that I kind of knew I kind of like and finally had the time to actually do it. Uh, so I, I might be a little bit, so I, not, no, not might. I, I'm into, turns out I'm in, into electro. Oh, ooh. I, well, I there you little, go. Yeah, I have a little tinsy in it and was experiment, experimenting with it. And I was like, oh, oh, I very much like it when it's attached to this part of my body. All right. Yes. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, well, y'all anyways, are just you know, y'all are just horrible, filthy freaks. I love it. Takes one another. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm a Virgo. Believe me, we know all about that. Speaking of, you know, learning new skills, you know, learning taking up new hobbies. <laughs> what a delightful segue! Right. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done, indeed. That's your cue, honey. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. is it my cue? Oh, is it Anytime my cue? Change. I thought since you were segueing, <laughs> you're setting it, you up. I'm, I'm setting you up. You know, kind of like He's how you a gentleman. He was holding the door open day. for you. Oh, that's so that's so kind. And antiquated. Help it. He'll help me. <laughs> yeah, sure, you'll help me. Right off a cliff, you'll help me. Um. So yeah. Um. For today's episode, we are reviewing the delightful book that was released very recently uh, by Matt Oren, Psychic Witch. Yay! Woo. So, thoughts, feelings, emotions, <laughs> desires. <laughs> you know, in, in just in my initial thoughts on the book were it. Just very helpful. It's very well laid out. Uh, yes, I, I of course, I need to get a physical copy. I got the audiobook copy because you know when I initially got it, I was like, when do I have time to read? Oh, I have time to read now. Um, <laughs> but but uh, the 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 person who is uh, narrating in the audiobook. I don't know. His voice sounds very familiar, and I, I meant to look up where else I'd heard his voice, but it kind of reminds me of a of another a voice actor who I've heard on uh, different sci-fi and fantasy 
uh, audio series. So it, he was he was he was good to listen to. I mean, so good. You could, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you could very much fall asleep to his voice. So that was a little hard to do. But really, yeah. yeah. Hmm. You know, honestly, for, I also well, I bought the physical copy, and then I knew that. I'm trying to read more. That's actually one of my little things I'm looking to do more. I'm so I, I knew that it would be a challenge to actually like work time in to like read this. Uh, so I did listen to audibles too, and I thought the I thought the narrator was very. Um, he always like would finish off in like a very enthusiastic way. You know, I don't know. I, I thought he was. I I I wouldn't fall asleep. He kind of uh, made me energized, but it was like almost a little. If he's listening, I don't want this to be like a critique, but he was almost like an infomercial on psychic abilities. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That, that, that's, you know? why, that's why I was like, I could fall asleep to it. Oh, really? It was very, like, you know, huh. very enthusiastic, you know? It's like, and you too have access to these powers, you know? It was very, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was very cute. Yeah, um, I mean, his, his, voice, his voice and, you know, tone is just very even throughout the whole book for me mm-hmm. so that's why I was like you know he, he doesn't get like excited like, of course how, how do you get how how do you read this and make it exciting I mean it's a how-to book basically <laughs> I, I think he did it I think he did quick, it quick quick google search the <laughs> the narr- that that narrator's name is James Anderson Foster I don't have the audiobook because I do not listen to audiobooks. They make me crazy. Um, <laughs> so I um, tend to either get the physical copy or get an ebook. Um, but yeah, uh, apparently he has, in fact, narrated a whole bunch of stuff, including a great deal of science fiction stuff. Mm. Uh-huh. You'd be right, Michael. Maybe that's where you've heard him before. So if you listen to a lot of audiobooks, that's probably why he sounds familiar. Well, um, you know what? Um, one thing I really appreciated uh, from, I mean, I this is my first book. I mean, I, this is actually Matt. I was going to say this is my first book I've ever read by Matt, but it's actually his for only book that he's ever written, right? Or his first book that he's written, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, but he definitely publishes a lot on, um, oh, shoot, what's his blog called? Patheos, right? He is a, yeah. he is a he, blogger a on Patheos. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, so his material is great, and he's always very um, good at acknowledging, I guess his like his, not maybe advisors or spiritual like um, like roots, right? So he kind of he speaks about his work with um, Devin Hunter and also Christopher Penzak, uh, Silver Raven Wolf, right? Uh, so it's actually like it's. A, a, I, I saw a lot of the influence in it, you know, and which was. Uh, I think for some people might not, may or may not be a selling point, but I feel like what I really loved about this is I think you mentioned it, Michael. It's a very a very extensive as far as information. It's also well, you know, I mean, even now a lot of like a lot of new books that come out, they kind of and maybe out of necessity, but they kind of start with like with the assumption that you, that you know nothing, right, or you've never read anything else. And he does do that, but then it's. I liked how it, it was an extensive and almost like a complete system, you know? There are definitely parts that really remind me a lot. I, I'm not sure if you've ever read um, Christopher Penzak's Instant Magic, but it, it reminded me of that in its, like, minimalism, 
there are uh, different aspects. Um, I guess we could get into it. <laughs> but even just like the hand gestures for getting into different uh, mental states or energetic states reminded me of like so some of Christopher Penzak's work. I'm going to have to read some of Penzak's stuff because I feel like I'm the only gay witch who's never read anything by Christopher Penzak. What? Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I, oh, my I goodness. Feel like that's, I feel like that's because every single gay witch I talk to is like, oh, my gosh, you have to read this. And whenever people tell me I have to read something, it immediately turns me off. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, yeah, when I have, when, when, whatever when you I have do, don't read Christopher I... Penzak. You have to not read Christopher Penzak's books. All of them. <laughs> Definitely don't read all of them. Okay, Michael? Yeah, see, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Chase, you're up. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so shocked. Um, yeah, so... I mean, I'm not particularly surprised that you would find it very similar to some of the things that were done in Instant Magic and other things, because he has done a lot of work um, with Pentac. And I do also tend to recommend um, Chris Pentac's works, especially his... um, Honestly, I've, I've found the Temple of Witchcraft series to be much more useful than a lot of other books. Um, Mm -hmm. And in my own classes, we use um, his book, Spirit Allies. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially when we start talking to, when we start talking to students about ways to actually communicate with your spiritual fort, because it's extremely useful. Um, Our brother Sphinx um, likes to call that book, the book that opened the, that basically opened his eyes up. Um, Mm -hmm into dealing and communicating with with the spirit world. So, you know, his work is really great. For me, one of the things that I really liked about the book was there were so many exercises in it and that they're all, you know, practically everything in the book is an exercise. There's, it feels like there's not as much explanation as there are exercises but all of the exercises are very well explained, if that makes sense. It's not mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of pagan how-to books tend to read like you know the the whole chapter is explaining the concepts of how to do a thing, and then there's like two exercises at the end of the chapter, right. Um, which is, I mean, it's a perfectly legitimate teaching style. That's one of the ways that we do teaching. Um, But also it can be difficult for some people and it can be less than engaging sometimes, especially if you're just trying to read it out of a book. You know, it's a lot easier to have that, that sort of teaching style if you're having someone in front of you who is teaching you that you can interrupt them and ask them questions. But out of a book, it can be very difficult to follow. Um, mm-hmm. I actually really liked that as far as that went, as well as being very, I don't want to say down to earth because that's not the right term for it, but 
nothing was wrapped up in a lot of nothing seemed like it was wrapped up in a lot of woo, even though it is a lot of woo. You know, it it it, it, it nothing was nothing was written to be mysterious. It's all very like okay, so you have these gifts, and here's how you can unlock them. Mm-hmm. This is these are the ways yeah. that this is how your this is how your brain works with different brave brainwave states. Here's how to access those brainwave states. Here's some exercises to do that. Go, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I find really delightfully uh, refreshing, because you know I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> um, I have been studying paganism and the occult for 22, 23 years now, I think. Um, I read a lot of books that have had a lot of woo-woo shit in them. And anytime I run across a book that, you know, does, you know, it, 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 it accepts its own paradigm, which is helpful, but it also doesn't wrap everything up in a lot of, you know, black velvet fluff. Mm. Um, I, I find more helpful because, you know, we don't need to have all of the, you know, dripping black candlesticks and bleached skulls and stuffed ravens everywhere in order to be effective witches and magicians we just don't mm-hmm. can be fun sure but very grammable yeah <laughs> you know the the trappings are the trappings the trappings aren't the work yeah you know it's funny i remember when we uh were choosing this book and i read some of the reviews and people mentioned like there there are 93 exercises in this book and for me, I remember that that wasn't necessarily a selling point. It kind of felt like, oh, you know, 93 exercises. And I don't know, I guess I was worried that it would just be quantity over quality, you know. But, I, again, like, I'm I'm actually really excited about this book, even more so after uh, listening to it on Audible's. Like, I think, like, honest, you know, regarding the different mediums to to get the book in, I think for someone that, like, you know, we're looking to review the book, so to get, to f- actually read the whole thing, I think Audibles was the right choice for me. But I wouldn't necessarily recommend it uh, for working through, you know? Uh, yeah, because I feel like this is definitely a book, right? Yeah. I feel like this is definitely a book, like, there's a lot of work to do. And, you know, we've talked before about how my default is not, spell work you know my default is kind of like living on the on this physical plane and dealing with it in in that way and and like my personal struggles with that and uh you all heard when chase called me a lazy witch right pretty sure (laughs) (laughs) is that the word is that the word that i used Mm, it's some paraphrasing i mean i'm not sure if like michael edited it out but just so you know (laughs) i don't know Um, i don't think i called you a lazy witch i might have said that that's lazy witchcraft all I know is whatever you said, Michael <laughs> was compelled to gasp after. <laughs> um, but you know, I, you know, I I own that. I I could definitely be like an armchair occultist. I feel like this is a great mm-hmm. book to, for the armchair occultist to get up out of their their couch. You know what I mean? And to really just like get some stuff. This is a, a great opportunity to like really start doing shit 
without um, also without being caught up in that whole, okay, now I got to buy all the shit on Etsy or I have to buy all the shit from like my local cult shop. Because a lot of mm-hmm. it is, is work that you do in yourself, you know, uh, and you don't yep. need extra supplies necessarily, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I'm really smitten by the book. I, you know, obviously I, I've gotten through it with audibles, but I'm now my task is to actually like, do the exercises, which I kind of started a little bit. Some of them were definitely familiar. Yes. I think that's the other thing, too. I feel like um, for my own personal journey, I think Matt Aron, because of my experience with uh, Christopher Penzak's books, and, um, you know, I I remember, like, when his uh, Temple of Witchcraft uh, series, like, started rolling out, I, I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sign up for the school I, I never actually signed up for his actual school, but I started my own Yahoo group trying to gather people at the time. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and my goal was to, like, get through the books. And at the end of, like, five books, I you know, that would be my thing, right? I actually never did it. I never completed it because um, I fell away from his series. Um, but I actually first met Matt in, at the Black Rose School of Witchcraft, which was run by... Um, Storm Fairwolf, uh, uh, Chaz Bogan, and also uh, Devin Hunter. Um, so it's nice that he has similar uh, flavors that I'm used to like working with, but he kind of ties it all into his own personal system, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm very excited about the, about like actually working through the book now, but the content itself, I'm you know, I'm spitting by for sure. <laughs> <laughs> It speaks to me, you know, it speaks to the type of, like, occultist that I am. I like the minimalism. I like that it's, like, right there. Totally. Um, I think for me, one of the things that was really also great about it was the book is fairly well laid out to me in terms of, like, the progression of some, the skill progression of somebody Mm. that's actually going through the material. Mm. Um, A lot of time... um, A lot of times I've read books uh, where the author tends to each chapter kind of starts at the beginner level and then ramps up really quickly to an advanced level and then goes the next chapter kind of starts back at the beginner level and then ramps back up on each topic. And that can be okay, um, but sometimes that can be really challenging for people. Um, Mm. This was really good about, you know, starting at the absolute basic level, like great. This is, you know, the, the literally the easiest kind of visualization count numbers. Like the, the first, I think it's the first exercise in the book is like count from one to 100, do it three times. If you can do it three times without, having to stop and start over move, you know, then you, you're great and you can move to the next exercise, you know, and it's really a like focused kind of meditation work, which is great, especially for people who've never done this kind of thing before. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually using this book in helping one of my now former students to build some foundational work because he's never, He's never done any kind of paganism before. So he doesn't really have a lot of good foundational work. Um, And while we do teach some, 
you know, basic practices and some foundational stuff, he's needing more in the 101 kind of arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's so far it's been just fine. But I do like the fact that this book, while having definitely a component to it of, you know, magic and witchcraft 101 doesn't necessarily feel like a 101 book. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I recently went back and reread one of the early Scott Cunningham books. And I remember how I felt reading this book the first time when I was like 17 Mm-hmm. Um, and how excited I was and how new and fresh it all felt. And reading it now, I'm like, oh, God, what, what <laughs> even is, what even is this? <laughs> Just, uh And it kind of makes me a little sad because, you know, it doesn't live up to my remembrance of it. But on the other hand, you know, it's extremely basic. It's very 101, you know. It's also very white, you know, it's also very white people magic. Mm. Um, (laughs) uh, He says being the white guy. Um, (laughs) But Matt's book doesn't have that same, oh, this is very basic 101 magic. We're going to teach you how to be a witch, but we're going to wrap everything in soft, fluffy clouds and make sure that all the corners and sharp edges are dull so that you can't possibly hurt yourself. Like, this doesn't do that, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. I like. I feel like it's important to be able to teach people the basics of things without either dumbing it down or making everything Mm -hmm. sound like everything is white fluffy clouds and, you know, Lisa Frank kittens. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is a... It's actually a great place to start right so it can be a very good one-on-one book uh it could also be a great refresher right there's right something very like um exhilarating and refreshing about the work that matt put together in this book yeah i i you know i i, I really like that I, you know it's it's kind of funny because you're talking about the books that we kind of entered the the path with and yeah, I remember thinking, like, oh, I'm very excited. Oh, my God, I found a, a witchy book. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, right? And reading it. And then there was definitely part of me that was like, oh, but I can't do that because I can't afford crystals. Or I, I can't do that because I got to buy a, a fucking sword. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I need to buy all this shit. And, like, where do I get it? You know? And, like, at that point, like, Amazon wasn't around or if it even if it were it, 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 anyway amazon wasn't around and and then you go to the, your local witchy shop and then maybe there wouldn't be an athlete that will speak to you or you know i it's it really felt like okay it's almost like reading about like a very formed religion but then you trying to create a temple or literally like a church right like a like a basilica or something from a book you know it really felt daunting in many ways for financial reasons, but also for secrecy. Um, even like um, 
even though Scott Cunningham did allow work around like solitary uh, practices, right? The isolation was a huge part of what was felt in those books, you know, this kind of feeling like, Oh, I'm, I need more people or, you know, how am I going to find more people? Mm-hmm. Even the craft, right? I mean, like, we, we all love to like joke about the craft. I mean, I fucking love the craft, but like the, it starts with, Oh, we need to find a fourth, right? <laughs> Nothing works without the fourth. We need the fourth, you know? But I love how this is um, very much like, no, where you are, start, right? And you don't need, you know, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, boys, but, like, no, none of the exercises actually requires anything else besides yourself. I'm trying to scan through my memory. Mm, some of them require things I- like a glass of water, Oh, you're right. You're I was right. Say, <laughs> but, I was gonna say like a glass of water or a mirror or something. Yeah, but I mean, by and large, those are things that are either a lot of them are things that you could literally get at a dollar store. Right. So, and while you know there is something to be said for buying nice things for your gods, of course, um, I am very much, and will die on this hill. I am very much one of those people that believes that you should be able to practice your craft with nothing more than the handle of a plunger and your body. If you cannot practice your craft effectively with only those tools, then your craft is too complicated and you need to simplify. The handle of a plunger? (laughs) The handle of a... (laughs) The handle of a plunger... And your body. This was, this was something, this was also something that Eddie would say a lot. Um, That, you know, it's one of the reasons why the magic that we teach in the apprenticeships is so simplified Mm -hmm. because people tend, like I was saying earlier in terms of talking about magic in a book, people tend to get real complicated or put a whole lot of woo woo stuff in there because it sounds better and it sells more books. Mm-hmm. Just because it's more complicated does not necessarily mean that it's better. It just means that it's more complicated. Mm-hmm. And so if, like I said, if you cannot practice your craft with nothing more than the handle of a plunger and your body in a concrete bunker, your magic is too complicated. God, I'd be fucked without a plunger then, huh? <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Oh, I love it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I really appreciate about the book, too, is the imagery that he works with. There were so many moments I just kind of chuckled, you know? Like, for instance, like, one example, he uses the dimmer, right? How did he phrase this? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's talking about those moments when you want to turn up your your psychic awareness and turn it down for your own yeah like, like mental sanity because you don't want to be on all the time sometimes you know right you don't want to be receiving all the time because it'll just drive you nuts uh, but in, you know instead of instead of invoking images like oh um, dim the dim the campfire right he actually uses a dimmer switch, uh, like like you would in your living room. And I thought that was so clever. And I actually, it's very effective, you know? Oh, I love some, it. I know. There's some of the examples like that, too. It was very modern. Who knows? If someone picks up this book in, like, 
30 years, they'll be like, what the fuck's a dimmer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, this is one, and this is, I think, one of the things that I really love about the work that I've gotten to do or the studying that I've gotten to do with people like Storm, Fairy Wolf, and mm-hmm. Devin Hunter is that the inclusion of pop culture imagery in mm-hmm. magic yeah. is just so great. I love it yeah. so much. It's, it's, it's effective. It's immediately accessible for most people in Western society because we're all familiar with those images. Right. You know, it doesn't take much for us to think about a dimmer switch, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, yes, it may be not that easy in other places, but for us, pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually we're gonna be like using like Alexa in our magic, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, oh. the I- the idea <laughs> of a tech. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is truly glorious. Uh, she's always that <laughs> is amazing. Oh my god, that is amazing. Yep. Amazing. Um <laughs> that is great. Um but in all seriousness, yeah, I mean Yeah, absolutely. You know, the 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 idea or conceptualization of a techno pagan has been around mm-hmm. for a long time. Yes. You know, it was made delightfully uh present in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, yeah. And I think that that's just one of those things that to me at least all practitioners of magic and paganism and the occult or psychism or whatever you want to call it should be able to adapt to to whatever is available. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we should bastardize every other culture or anything like that. Um, you know, it is it is very important to be able to respect co- the cultures that things came from. However, there is I don't think anything wrong with taking aspects of stuff like pop culture and making it magical. You know, it is it is an egregore that is already in the popular consciousness of pretty much everyone around you. It's going to be very easy to tap into that sort of energy. And if it's a cheap, easy, free, harmless type of energy to draw from, then why not? Mm-hmm. You know, if it stirs... If it stirs your deep imagination, if it stirs your inner child to be able to call on the spirit of Wonder Woman for justice and healing, uh, or justice and truth, then why the hell not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I, I feel like it's not even making our modern things magical. I think they are magical already. You know, it's more like... I think it's akin to us going into the woods and finding that herb, you know, that we need in our spell. I think that, you know, we, we are discovering uh, the magic behind 
what's in the forest of our consciousness right now. And a lot of that, yeah, a lot of that is pop culture imagery. I mean, who, who doesn't feel that? I, I, I'm just thinking about like Star Wars, and um, you know, I'm like a Joseph Campbell reader. I remember like when they were talking. This is going back to like the 70s, right? When they first came out, but it was such a amazing magical moment where it spoke to a people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know, girl. I don't even. I'm not. I don't think I was even a sperm then. So. <laughs> I mean, never was I. Never was I, but, you know, I pick up a book once in a while, you know? <laughs> what? You know how to read? Yes. Goodness. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I, yeah. I think that, I think that the, you know, to be able to be inspired by the things that are around you is very much akin to that, you know, going out into the woods and finding that one special herb right. that will lead you to what you need or, you know, sitting up all night and waiting for a spirit to come talk to you. I, I, I don't necessarily see that there's a great deal of difference. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the, the measure of that is, does it work? Did you get results? Were they good results? Can you replicate those results? Right. You know, if, if yes to all of those questions, then what's the problem? Because it's unorthodox. Okay. Right. So is so is having sex with other men, at least in our overculture. Mm-hmm. So Oh no. The 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 occult police are going to come and get me for not invoking the spirit correctly. Whatever shall I do? The demons will take care of that. <laughs> mm, demons are fun. They tickle <laughs> my inside. Not gonna go there. Not gonna go there. <laughs> oh come on! Don't be scared now. Demonic fisting. <laughs> oh, no. Next topic on walking down the path. <laughs> Woohoo! Demons bring the best lube, though. Ectoplasm. <laughs> I mean, whatever you want to call it, honey. So, uh, was there was there anything that uh, no one like was particularly fond of in the book, or thought could use some improvement? Hmm. I mean. You know, there's always room for improvement. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, given that this is his first outing as an author, it's tremendous work for that. I would have loved to see more in the way of magic talked about because the, the bit on spellcraft, is, it's like the last chapter of the book. It's, I think, what did I say? It's 17 pages something like that it's it's just extremely 13 pages yeah you know it's just really short and while there are a good handful of of little spells they're all like a paragraph i do like the fact that they are you know they are all very well tied to the material that is earlier in the book like any good grimoire they should be essentially incomprehensible to you if you skip to the end, they're not going to be entirely incomprehensible, but they certainly are going to make, they certainly do make reference to earlier exercises and such in the book. So you do have to go back and look at those. I just wish that there was more because there's a whole lot of talk about ways to improve your psychic abilities and your abilities to move energy and everything else. And not a whole lot in practical ways to put that into effect, if that makes sense. Maybe what's that's what he's good. saving for book two. 
Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I'm quite sure that he's going to have something else come out pretty soon that is going to be a great deal more comprehensive. I'm just saying that, like, I'm impatient and I hate waiting. And so I was hoping (laughs) that there was going to be more. Um, You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a greedy bitch and I like hearing what cool people do with their magic. Mm. So, you know, there's Mm. that. Yeah. What about you, Chris? <laughs> no, you know, I feel I'm I felt like it was a good balance because I I don't want like I feel like I would you know, okay, so if 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 the book were bigger and had more content, sure, I wouldn't say no to that, right? But I I like that it wasn't just a book of spells. I like that it wasn't just like, oh, oh, if you want someone to like you, just visualize pink light around them. You know, I I'm I'm glad it wasn't like that. And a whole lot of those recipes. I like that there's a lot of work being done around building your foundation. And yeah, I, I like that it was it was a lot of self work. And I guess I'm just like really into that too. So <laughs> such a self help junkie. So I, I kinda like that that was a lot of work around that and actually like creating your inner inner temple as it were. And then uh, of course, you know what, what is a uh, what is a witchy book without some like spells. But I I like that it wasn't too much of um of a cookbook and more of like um, learning how to cut your carrots properly book. You know, um, I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I I dated a, uh, a I dated a cook. To this day, they still judge me whenever they see me cutting shit. So. <laughs> You're all judgy bitches. Listen, <laughs> I didn't pay I all mean, the money. Honey, I, <laughs> I mean, honey, I can burn water, so <laughs> there is a yeah. reason that my boyfriend does most of the cooking. Aww. He's also really good at it, which is delightful. There we go. Aww. Utility. Because <laughs> you know this bitch likes to eat. <laughs> That's right. Keep you happy. How about you, uh-huh. Michael? Were you Were you like... Um, were you craving some more somewhere else or something else? No, I mean, very much like you. I, your analogy at the end really just kind of sums up what my takeaway from the book was. Uh, you know, it, I, I really couldn't put it any better than what you and Chase said. Uh, yes, I, I wish there had been maybe a little bit more magic, but I do think that it's something that he's saving maybe for his next book. Uh, I did love the way that he, you know, basically step-by-step to everything, which definitely I need to get a physical copy of the book so I can go back and do some of these exercises because, you know, a lot of the, like, higher brain stuff is still kind of hard for me, even though I'm able to do it, but it's still kind of like Mm. pulling teeth. (laughs) Uh, it, I, I, can, I totally understand why you, how you both are able to, you know, vibe with it. You know, freaking like kids. Um. <laughs> I think also but, yeah. one of the things. Well, I think also one of the things that I did really enjoy about the book, in particular, is the fact that the way that he put magic in the book is very mm. akin to how we do magic during our apprenticeships, which Mm. I appreciate, you know, the fact Mm -hmm. that when we're doing the apprenticeship, we don't teach magic until the very end Mm. because, you know, it's like handing a toddler a loaded gun. 
I would like to teach you how to use the thing before I just give it to you to fire. I think that, to me at least, that is an extremely important part of teaching anybody how to do magic, is teaching people how to do it safely and practically. I, I, I'm not... I don't believe that the world is a, is, a, is a huge, scary place where everything is out to hurt you. However, it is really easy to do sloppy and uh, imprecise magic that can end up harming you and others because you're not doing it clearly or with a clear focus. So I don't, obviously, anyone who's ever seen me say anything on Facebook ever knows <laughs> that I am very much not a believer in the idea of the threefold rule or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I know I have strong feelings, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's important for people to know how to do good and effective magic. If you're going to do it, do it well. Mm-hmm. You know, sloppy magic is just, it's sloppy and it's not good for anybody. And you're also going to have a really shitty time trying to replicate results if you are a sloppy magician and you don't really know how you made it happen in the first place. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And Agreed. those are my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so I think our basic takeaway is everyone should go get this book, huh? Oh, yes, girl. It's good. I, I mean, even for me, even for me who's been doing this for, God, ever in a day, it feels like sometimes. I mean, I definitely... I. I won't don't, can't necessarily say that I learned anything new from it, but I definitely it's definitely a good refresher for mm-hmm. when you you know if you've been doing it a long time and maybe you haven't done as much in the way of psychic development. Mm-hmm. You know, it is really nice to be able to be like, oh, oh, that's how that works. Oh, okay, and to you know have some influence in that or to have you know, a basic refresher in that. There is definitely some of it that's not particularly helpful for me, mainly because for me, it's sort of a case of, you know, how many, how many hammers do I actually need? If, if I already have a similar tool in my toolbox, I don't need, I don't need another one unless it's a very specialized type of hammer, but how, but really how many claw hammers does one person need? If I already have a good one that works really well for me, I'm not going to just replace it because someone else has a shinier one. It's still a claw hammer. I'm impressed you know what a claw hammer is. <laughs> Girl, I worked as a I worked as a remodeler. <laughs> oh, just a little shade for my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I think this book will speak to a, a lot of different people on. On, on on different in different ways. I actually like that. Um, well, kind of, you know, Matt actually kind of starts off the book in this way, but he kind of like calls out the community a little bit, right? And speaks about how a lot of folks in the witchy world kind of aren't aren't great at psychic things, and then we kind of just brush it under the rug, and we just kind of keep the trappings, right? And you you just burn the burning, and you just like do the dancing or whatever, but then you might not actually have a psychic connection to it. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he also speaks about the psychics who, for various reasons, like kind of like separated themselves from uh, the witchy woo woo, right? Because they're trying to be legitimate, 
in the general community and kind of approach it from this view of like, oh, no, 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 we, I just have this natural ability that's completely like science-based or something, you know? I don't know. I, I think for for me, uh, this book is definitely speaking to the armchair occultist that it like needs to get out of, uh, got get you know get off his ass and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, also, it's also speaking to like the minimalist in me, you know, that really likes that you don't need to buy a whole bunch of shit to do magic, you know, and really you can, and there's no harm in it except for maybe like your bank bank account uh it's nice to have pretty things and i love them too but a pretty thing that's not being used is just a pretty thing right mm-hmm. so i think that this will this will really i don't know there's the potential for it really uh making you really in tune and ready for when that when or if that pretty thing comes into your life like really working it and having that uh that level of connection with it besides it just being a pretty thing yeah so like i said i'm really excited about working through these um aspects i also like that it's, it's a bit of a paradigm shift because like often like 101 books start with oh these are the tools that you need and then it's kind of revealed later it's like oh but you don't need any of this right because you are a strong witch and you you are attuned to these energies but instead of starting from all these trappings you can actually start with with nothing right and then wh- when these trappings come along then you can further appreciate them or they don't come at all, which is completely fine too. Yeah, one thing that I do, you know, besides this being an awesome book, I really appreciate. I really loved how Matt was selling his book. I think I sent y'all a video, that video where he's like laying in bed and like oh, yeah. talking so to you. Your seductive. <laughs> I was like, oh my, Ooh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. I did appreciate that. I mean, one, it was entertaining, but two, I think that self-promotion is important. And it's, it's, uh, it's, I think it's something that, you know, we often diminish, but it actually shows a lot of, I don't know. I think it shows a little bit of wisdom and grounding, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. So good on you, Matt. Keep sending videos <laughs> of you um, with your shirt off talking about your book. <laughs> hey, hey. Our our email address is <laughs> walking the pass at gmail dot com. Yeah. Y'all thirsty y'all thirsty. Girls quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very yeah, hungry person. All, I, I was gonna say we all don't have, you know, live in boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. I suppose that's true. Must what I nice. will say what I, it is it is it is fucking amazing, and I have definitely earned it. So, <laughs> yes, girl, I have put in the hours. I have done the time. It is so fucking amazing to have a boyfriend, even just one boyfriend, who like not only encourages you to be your fabulous kinky self, but like is kinky with you, like celebrates mm. that kinkiness. It's mm-hmm. so great, so wonderful. Like I just am, I am happy as I could possibly be right now. Other than the fact that I don't get to spend a lot of time with the other one in Vancouver because that makes mm-hmm. me sad. But uh, what I was gonna say, where I was so rudely interrupted, <laughs> the the few times uh, here and there that I have gotten to have a conversation with Matt, usually over Facebook because face it that's pretty much the only place i ever go nowadays 
I often will uh, interact with him on one of his Facebook pages um, because he'll post an article and I, as is my want to do, will read the article and then make a comment on the Facebook post saying, you know, this is a really good article and I dis- I disagree with you in this, 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 and this way. However, comma, it's not necessarily because you've made a bad point but just because I think it's more nuanced than this or something to those effects. I have always found that Matt is very amenable to both. Matt is always very amenable to critique mm. and is always very humble um, when people don't approach him like a lunatic. That being said, when he has had people who have approached him like a lunatic, you know, he does tend to put the kibosh on that pretty quick. Which is also kind of nice. Also, he just seems, from all the interactions that I've had with him, he does actually seem like a genuinely nice person, which is all too infrequent a commodity in the pagan community. So, you know, let's uh, let's, mm-hmm. let's all buy his book, people, but like maybe don't be crazy and send him crazy messages because <laughs> it's not nice. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, apparently, people have been being more than playfully thirsty, and have sent him some very um, inappropriate things. Oh wow! Yeah. So, like, you know, hey guys, let's uh, let's be grown ups and behave like grown ups are supposed to behave, not like crazy children. Getting <sighs> a lot of that right now. I'm telling you what. <laughs> if people would just if people would just let me rule the world, we would not have these problems. There'd also be a I'm lot less saying. people. <laughs> I mean, it's like a win-win to me. <laughs> uh, pretty sure Trump had a similar conversation. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but Trump only wants there to be other rich people. I just want there to be smart people. Mm, just burn it all down. <laughs> I mean, you know, look. I hear that millionaires make great mulch. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I hear that billionaires are high in nitrogen. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. You know, uh, another like sad. Since we're you know winding down, one sad thing that I'm just like no, you know when we had to cancel uh, Stone and Stang. Of course, uh, yeah, I know. Was, I was very disappointed, but, but obviously, you know, it was I, the right decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was the right decision. But remember how I was saying, you know, like the whole like quarantine thing hit me hard. That also added, you know, weight to that because we'd been working on that for so long, and it was going to be so good. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the next one will have to. The next one will just have to be even better. Yeah, I'm just fingers crossed that uh, Between the Worlds doesn't get canceled. Yeah, I'm wondering. I don't know. I know they. I know they extended the early registration deadline uh, to, like, uh, June or July. But, yeah, I'm just like, oh, please. Well, you know, as much as it would suck, I think it's probably better for it to be canceled than for a bunch of people to die. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. For all my joking about, uh, you know, cleansing the world of of capitalists, it would suck if a lot of people who don't deserve it died. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just remember, folks, it's not vin- it's not vindictive if they deserved it. <laughs> uh, you can thank our brother Ken for that one. 
True. Isn't that such a true. isn't that such a isn't that such a delightfully Scorpio thing to say? Mm. <laughs> so, did you guys have any closing thoughts before we uh, exeunt? No, I I think other than it's a great book, definitely buy it. You know, we're giving you our opinions, but you should definitely make your own opinion on it. So, mm-hmm. go buy it and let sure. us know what you think. You know, support your support your local small business retailers if you are at all possible. Or all to um, a lot of stores are having to close their physical locations right now because of quarantining. So check mm-hmm. out online stores. Um, mm. A lot of a lot of local a lot of your local pagan stores do have some kind of online presence and can ship things out. So always check up on and see if they do. Um, you know, before you jump onto Amazon and order that book through Amazon. See if you can support your local pagan businesses because they need the money more than Amazon. Um, they need the money more than Jeff Bezos does. So yes, please do the yes, please do the thing. I literally have purchased three copies of this book, so I I, I get it. I totally feel it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, since we are coming up on the close of our show, and we would like to thank everyone who is listening right now. We hope you'll continue to walk this path. Please leave a rating or and let us know how you liked this episode or our show in general. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at walkingtheunnamedpath at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at walking underscore the UP. And, of course, on Facebook at facebook.com slash walkingtheunnamedpath. Blessings, and see you all next time. Say bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.